Welcome back to the final episode of Star Trek MTT, Megan's Top 20. Honorable mentions this time. Usually that's before the last episode. But Usually, but we... we this, uh, like I said, it's not in any particular order. No, no, this is not in a particular order, but we're going to go ahead and do this as the last one. It also, we're going to discuss Star Trek in general, yeah. I imagine, over the course of it. Yeah. Plus, I wanted to do the, uh, the run-through of the ones you actually picked up to this point. I... I wrote them all out, and we're gonna. I'm gonna just mention them, yeah, uh, and yeah. that way I didn't want spoilers for people who hadn't seen the next episode, the yeah. final episode. So, uh, this this actually might be interesting to you too to see where it shook out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, first off, I will go ahead and mention our other honorable mention. They got a whole episode devoted to it. Uh, Magics of Magus 2 from the animated series. Oh, I should mention, this is not going to be in-depth on any of the episodes she brings up. We'll do a little no. blurb about what the episode was about, why you liked it, and why why you didn't really make your cut on the top 20 list. Yeah. And that might just boil down to I didn't think of it at the time. But if it that's that it, that's probably fine. happens a lot with me because that's my fine. brain don't work right. I'll mention, how, <laughs> I'll mention how I feel about it. You can mention how you feel about it. We'll do a real quick run-through of these, yeah. these honorable mentions, however many of them there are. I don't even know because Megan's kind of streaming consciousness, this one. Yeah, I'm just going for it. So like I said, that was the TAS episode. That We're not doing a full run-through of any of the other episodes, but Magics of Megas 2 did deserve a full episode. Yeah. And then from the original, the again, these are not in, in necessarily airing order. I broke them up by the different television shows, but that's it. All right, so from the TOS era, we got Balance of Terror, Corbin Might Maneuver, and Devil in the Dark. Yeah, two of those are extremely solid, and one of those I go back and forth on, you mm -hmm. know? From the TNG era, we got Deja Q, All Good Things, The Drumhead, Lower Decks, uh, Loud as a Whisper, Data's Day, and Inner Light. Love all those. <laughs> DS9, we got The Wire, Emissary, The Visitor, The Way of the Warrior, In Purgatory Shadow, Slash by, Inter by Inferno's Light, and Duet. Yeah. By Voyager, we have Living Witness, Bride of Chaotica, and Critical Care. And Enterprise got Minefield. Uh, damn, Enterprise, slow down there. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, looking at this list, you might think the no the one with the actual most individual episodes is TNG. I'm which, actually surprised. Which might be surprising to anyone because she's a huge DS9 fan. However, if we go by the episodes that aired, one of the episodes from TNG is a two-parter, All Good Things. Yeah. However, Emissary, The Way of the Warrior, and In Purgatory Shadows by Inferno Light are all two-parters, which yeah. means technically DS9 outstrips by episode number... One, oh. one of by by one on TNG. Yeah. <laughs> also, it might surprise you to see that Voyager and TOS have the same number. They both have three, since yeah. Megan loves TOS and doesn't really love Voyager that much. However, remember TOS is about half the length of the other Star Treks. Yeah. So if you doubled that number to six, it would kick Voyager's butt. It would be about even with TNG and DS9. Yeah, basically. and Enterprise, even if you doubled that, because again, it's about half the length, it would only have two episodes, which makes about as much sense. Yeah. Because it was not terribly beloved by most no, of the fans. I, I still say seasons three and four are solid. Season three and four are good. And uh, I, there are episodes in it that I probably should have picked. And in seasons one and two, there are several episodes we both like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, still worth a watch, but bear in mind you're going into a minefield, no pun intended, of seasons Shut one and two. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you actually do the mental gymnastics here to take into account context, DS9 does in fact beat out, and TOS is close third. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, it would be like DS9, and then one less episode is TNG, and then of the shows, not of our podcast. Yeah. DS9, and then one less episode of that is TNG, and then one less episode of that would be TOS. 
and then it would drop dramatically to Voyager and then all the way down for Enterprise. Yeah. So worth a comment. Yes. Um, so now we are going to do the, the actual honorable mentions. Uh -huh. uh, so why don't you kick us off since this is your list? Okay, yeah, I agonized over my last choice because... It was, it was between this and, uh, what was the one you mentioned again? Uh, the um, oh god, uh... Beyond... Be, far Beyond the Stars. Far Beyond the Stars. Um, those were my definite, like, between those two, as well as, uh, like I said, I'm very bad with titles. Well, let me give a quick, quick rundown of Far Beyond the Stars, because we mentioned our last one, but they might not have listened to that. Yeah. Uh, Far Beyond the Stars is the one where Benjamin Sisko imagines himself living the life of Benny, a science fiction writer in the 20s, 30s, 40s of America. Yeah. It's all about racism. It's all about sexism. It's all about uh, basically... Bad cops. Bad, bad cops. Society. The way that society treats people, especially minorities, especially yeah. in, even in America in that era. Yeah. So... Uh, worth a, we're, we're definitely worth a watch. I get why that was a close runner-up for yeah. Inner Light. And actually, it has a couple of things Inner Light going for it that Inner Light does not. Yeah, it's actually, I think, on a technical level, a better episode. But Inner Light is just a more special episode for me mm -hmm. in, like, Star Trek. And this is a personal thing. list. This is not you yeah. scientifically breaking down all the Star like Trek I said, episodes. If I had to choose, like, for an actual list, I would choose... Yeah. Far beyond the stars over inner light, honestly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then. Um, so what's up after that? Uh, there was mention. also there's the two parter where um, it's another DS9 one where they end up back in basically this year. Oh, past tense. <laughs> yeah, uh, past tense. I it's, actually checked. It's September, like first is when the Bell riots happen of 2024. Yeah, basically. So two and a half years from now. Yeah. And I think those two episodes are amazing. Mm -hmm. They're and one just, of the better time travel stories. Yeah, it was one of the few times where I'm like, I'm watching a time travel story, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> uh, it actually has a lot of things I would have loved to have brought up if we had picked it. Uh, most notably... How eerie it is? Well, most notably, <laughs> one, there actually was apparently a, a government project that was being pitched at the time that they, the writers did not know about, about yeah. cordoning off a part of the older city and using it for public uh, housing for the homeless, uh, which is exactly what happens. It was literally going to have, like, not, not necessarily walls, but, like, it was going to be tarped off. Yeah. Um, Instead of, you know, treating them like human beings. Or and whatever. helping them through their issues and all that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first... That was, And another thing worth commenting on was it um, that, that you and I love the idea that upon rewatch... If you watched Enterprise and the Romulan plot to cause a war between Vulcan and Andoria and then theoretically step in when they were both beaten down. Yeah. Uh, in that story, because humans never actually got, got, over their... got enlightened enough to move into space and yeah. stuff, they have, um, uh, they detect Romulan transmissions as close as Alpha Centauri. Yeah, which means that their plot work that's the theory i'm taking is that in that timeline their plot worked because humanity wasn't there to stop it yeah which i like yeah i like that little touch um they do it wasn't intentional at all because no. it was written long before enterprise was even an idea and that but, idea was a retroactive re uh, correction to the show's canon because people were really mad about how the vulcans were being handled yeah 
Uh, but even then, I just my head cannon. That's what happened in this yeah. timeline. That's yeah. why the Romulans were that close because they had their planet worked. They'd absorbed Vulcan and Doria, probably Teller, and maybe even the Klingon Empire at this point, and they were right up next to where Earth was. Yeah, and then there was also only a paper moon, which. Uh, that's the nog, nog, yeah nog the nog episode. where after he lost his leg he's it's dealing with the fallout it's it's uh, the best episode of what was his name Vic uh, yeah Vic Fontaine the, Vic the holograph Fontaine, yeah. hologram yeah uh, I don't think people love Vic as much as they do the Doctor but I think it's because the Doctor got seven seasons to be fleshed well, out Vic, Vic got like, came in like a season and a half six or seven yeah. but he came in pretty late but still a great character yeah. I really liked Vic yeah. Um, he wasn't quite AI, but you could tell he was on his way. Yeah, he was a VI, v, to borrow from Mass Effect, he was a VI bordering on AI. Yeah. Like, he knew more than the average virtual intelligence. He knew he was a hologram and he was aware of it. Yeah, but he also could not operate outside the confines of the time he was supposed to exist in. Yeah. Which meant that even though he knew that it was all fake, he still had to act like it was all real. Yeah. So he was still, he might even, a better version of him might be to say he was a heavily shackled AI, to yeah. borrow from Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, much like Edie was before Joker Freezer. Again, if you haven't played the Mass Effect trilogy, give it a playthrough. You'll be really mad at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's another honorable mention for you. What's another one? Uh, shockingly, I didn't pick um, In the Pale Moonlight. I'm shocked by that. No, you did not pick In the Pale Moonlight, which, which is... Which is one of my favorite episodes, and I don't know why I didn't pick that one. Like I said, one. on that list, I mentioned... I just didn't even remember it. I mentioned in the previous episode that in the... I think in 2016 in Las Vegas, they had a huge... Star Trek convention because it was the 50th anniversary. Yeah. And they one of the things they did was they had everybody pitch their favorite, like they, they ranked their favorite episodes, all the fans. And the top three, uh, the third one was Inner Light. Yeah. And I think the second one was A City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. And number one was In the Pale Moonlight, which is yeah. the episode with Garrick and Cisco where they're plotting to get the Romulan Empire to join the war on behalf of... Uh, on the side of the Federation. Yeah. And it's a great episode for discussing... A lot of people like to... Uh, one of the reasons I think DS9 did not get the love it deserved at the time is because it challenged a lot of what Star Trek was trying to establish. Yeah. But the point of the, the challenging was to show that sometimes just being a good person doesn't always work out. Yeah. There are times when you have to be a little more aggressive. You can't just be... You can't just extend your... You can't always reach across the aisle because occasionally the other side of the aisle is filled with a hand-eating monster. Yeah, basically. So, in those cases, you have to be a little more aggressive. And But, even if you do, you should never like it, you should never think it's acceptable, and you should never, ever be proud of it. Yeah. And this story is very much about that. That Cisco has to do something he is truly disgusted with himself for having done it. He can live with it, but he's not proud of it. Yeah. He is not proud of it. It was still the right call. It changed the world for it changed the universe for the better. It ended up helping them win the war. Mm-hmm. He's still not proud of it. No. And he will never be proud of what he did. I think the only reason why is first I probably just didn't think about it. And second of all, I think because like almost all of my DS9 episodes had Garrick in it. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I think they're tired, uh, people are tired of me discussing Garrick and how much I love him. <laughs> the only, well, okay, half your episodes, because The Wire is about Garrick, uh, The Way of the Warrior, I think, has Garrick in it. Yeah. Uh, although he's a minor part. Yeah. 
And In Purgatory Shadow by Inferno's Light is all a Garrick episode. It's and one of my Duet favorites. is a, it's not about Garrick, but it is a Cardassian episode. Mm -hmm. So The Visitor, Emissary, and theoretically Duet don't really have Garrick in it. Yeah. Uh, but half your list for DS9 has Garrick, and, and one, two of those episodes are two-parters. So yeah. Yeah. he technically takes up more of your screen time than almost any other character. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the, he is a character that is not a main character, but he takes up more of my list than some of the main characters. <laughs> All right, so continue. Uh, City on the Edge of Tomorrow, or Forever. forever. Sorry, I, I, I'm bad with names. That's okay. That's the episode with the time donut in yeah. which Edith Keeler, uh, Kurt, uh, uh, McCoy gets dosed with some kind of drug that makes him a little crazy. Yeah. He goes back in time and accidentally changes history. Mm -hmm. And the only people who are left are Kirk, Spock, and a handful of his crew yeah. who are outside this time donut, which I guess theoretically extends a kind of barrier that protects time changes around yeah, it. Yeah, maybe the planet itself, who knows. But in, in any event, like, the Enterprise ship is gone. Yeah. It's not there. It's like, I think him, those two, and then I think, like, two security officers and, and like, his a nurse. Um, Ahura uh, is there. Okay, so, like, three, three or four other people. Yeah. And Spock and Kirk go back in time, and they try to find out what happened. They arrive during... World War II, but before America had joined. Yeah. And they Just run before. they run into a woman, I think named Edith Keeler. Edith Keeler, yes. And her she runs a homeless shelter and is very much a genuinely good person, the kind of person that would flourish in the Star Trek Federation days. Yes. And they discover that in order that what she's going to do is convince the president to stay out of the war, which means that the Allies will not get the boost they need, which means that the Nazis will eventually win. And mm -hmm. when they do, they will either destroy or demolish nice. everything. Yeah. And so what happens is she gets hit by a car, and Kirk falls in love with her but has to let her die. Yeah. And it's it's a very heartfelt and even painful episode to watch. Yeah. It's one of those, again, one of those, those sometimes you have to do the wrong thing. You just can't help it. Yeah, like if... Like, discussing the plot does not show the amount of emotion that they actually are able to act out. Yeah, and it episode. truly tears. I, I, I agree with Laura that I think Edith Keeler is the only woman Kirk ever truly loved. Yeah. I think he's cared not for many. Vanessa. <laughs> yeah. I think Kirk has carried for many has cared for many of the women he's been with, both yeah. one-off lovers and long-term relationships. I think Edith Keeler was actually the closest thing he ever had to a soulmate. Yeah. And I do think it's kind of... She was just the wrong time period. Yeah, she was... And, and in almost any other show, they would have brought her back to the present, and that way the timeline would have been preserved, and everything would have worked out. But they didn't know how to get back to the present. They, they, the time donut told them, I can't bring you back to the present until you fix things. Yeah. Which meant they had to let her die. Yeah. Before they can come they back, they could be the like, "Oh, time donut, can we take her with us?" No, because that would have changed history back to what it should have been either, because she would have just not been around. Yeah, but and in almost any other show, they would have gone for that pleasant out. Instead, they went for the harsh one. Yeah, uh, it does have the distinction of the writer of it being genuinely angry because in the original script, he actually had Kirk choke Edith Keeler to death. And but like, I don't think that would have worked. No, it would have been fucking like the original script was first of all unrealistic for this yeah. for a television show at the time period mm -hmm. and that was a much because i think there was a bold of time that, spent in that actual timeline where earth didn't join and there were pirates or something yeah, space, space pirates. pirates at some point it, it was too much it was too much and i'm i'm sorry to the dude whatever yeah he was a he, famous writer yeah he's a famous writer but he's also a famous asshole so yeah. i'll give him credit for writing in a, a spectacular idea <laughs> But okay, so your next. Oh, uh, 
okay, I was thinking, okay, there's like the Enterprise in season three, they have where they actually meet one of the, um, the Zindi, and he's one of the designers for the weapon, specifically. Is this the one where he thinks he was a prisoner that escaped? Is that the one you're talking about? I'm not trying to, I'm trying to remember where they actually finally discuss that, where, where he finally figures out what they're doing, what the Zindi are doing might actually be wrong. Oh, you mean the the one with the uh, the 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 orangutanish guy? And yeah, 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 yeah. That's called the shipment. Yes, I could not remember. Like I said, I'm because I thought you were talking about Degra, the guy who actually designed the entire ship, the no. the entire weapon, and that one he gets. They capture him and then they wipe his memory and make him think he was uh, a prisoner with Archer. That episode is what I thought you were referring to. No, you were talking no, about the shipment. Yeah, the shipment. Yeah. Good episode. I like that one too. Yeah, that one's what that I think out of seasons. Uh, season three that might be one of my favorites mm-hmm. for enterprise by the way just in case you think i'm not a star trek fan i'm coming up with these titles just from memory yeah <laughs> my memory is not that good because i didn't watch it when i was young mm-hmm. <laughs> i can remember like a lot of doctor who episodes and even then i'm fuzzy well in my defense this one would have aired when i was in my early 20s the yeah. shipment because it star trek enterprise aired i think it's <laughs> Started in 2001, season three would have been about 2004, 2005. Are you kidding me? I could re- when I was in my 20s, I could remember, that's when I started watching Doctor Who, and mm. I could remember every detail about episodes, so. But continue. Yeah. Um, also, I liked Ceasefire. That one's really freaking good from season Enterprise. Season two of yeah. Enterprise. Shockingly, another good season two episode, especially considering it's... Yeah, very roller coaster-y. It has... It has Cease Fire and it has Judgment, two of my favorite episodes from Enterprise, but it also has some of my least favorite. It also has Carbon Creek. It has Carbon Creek, which I like. It has Minefield, Minefield, which was one of my choices. Dead Stop, which I love. Yeah. That's the episode afterwards. Yeah. So. But there's also a lot of bad. There's Progenitor and uh, the. Night and Sick Bay. The car, precious cargo, just, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah. But we're, we're talking about good episodes. Continue to do this. Yeah. Um, Okay. Sorry, I feel like I've been put on the spot. (laughs) You have. This is your this is your honorable mentions, and you want to do stream of consciousness, so stream consciousness. Uh (laughs) (laughs) It's like a. (laughs) You have to do some editing. I'm sorry. It's alright. I like um, Spectre of the Gun. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the few really good season three episodes for TOS. Yeah, that's the one where they land on a planet where they're under orders to get uh, a deal, uh, like with these aliens. But the aliens don't want a deal, yeah. so they force the the away team to uh, in, live in a the OK Corral shootout. Yeah, scene <laughs> where they play the Claytons, I believe yeah. those are the people they were up against. Yeah, and then uh, obviously the. Uh, uh, the three, what were their names? I know Buddy Holly was one. Uh, Doc Holiday was one of them. Doc Holiday, um, Wider, the Earps. The Dark Brothers. The Earps yeah. and, and Doc Holiday versus the the Claytons. Yeah. Uh, it's an interest. I, I love it. I love the the kind of weird dream feel it has. It's yeah. Great. It, it and it was a good way to like build a scene with a budget because clearly it was just basically. An underbuilt or being destroyed set of yeah. a western town. Yeah, that they had probably for like gun smoke or something. Yeah, that they were either building or destroying. <laughs> and um, there was also. 
Oh, you wanted to mention uh, Discovery. Oh, yes, we'll, yes. We'll take okay. a slight divergence to a yes, Discovery we'll, episode you want to make sure you mention. Okay, yeah, there's. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of the New Trek stuff. Um, Actually, it, I'm sure it might, it, does it connect to the first two parts? Yes, the first so two parts. So all three of them. Yeah, all three, uh, what's it, reunification? Yes, three, three reunification parts one and two in TNG are amazing. They're the episodes involving Spock, yeah. and they also bring back Sarek briefly. Yes. And it, they're really good. They're about uh, Spock trying to lay the groundwork for the Romulan and Vulcan reunification, bringing yeah. the two cultures back together. Yeah. And it also brings in uh, Tasha's daughter. Yeah. So she's trying to pretend. She's trying to turn this so that it, it will be a bunch of shock troop Romulans on Vulcan. Yeah. I don't think her plan would have worked. No. <laughs> Vul uh, scanners and teleporters are a thing. Also, Vulcans are telepathic. <laughs> yeah. And Romulans aren't. Yeah. So all you had to do to verify is like, okay, can we mind meld for half a second? I, 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 it's against my religion. You're very emotional for a Vulcan. No, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> and then not Heck, Romulans can't even Vulcan neck pinch. You can no. just make them do that. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then in the season, the roast, not the most recent season, but season The current three. season airing is season four, but season three is the most recent one we've watched. Yeah. And they had reunification part three, which was a shockingly amazing episode. It ties in the events of uh, Nemesis and uh, the Kelvin timeline where it's established that Romulus has been destroyed. It turns out that the Romulan refugees, after, I guess, in Picard, spending time just wandering around to desert towns and dissecting Borg cubes, Whatever. somehow <laughs> managed to eventually emigrated to Vulcan, Vulcan. Just before the burn, and they changed the name of the the planet, but I can't remember the name of it. No, right now I don't remember either. Because it's Vulcan. Yeah, it has been for so long. But so. the thing I liked best about yeah. Reunification Part Three is that because the burn took place three centuries before the season three is set, somewhere mm -hmm. around there, three centuries or so. Yeah, the Romulans reunify with the Vulcans before the events of the burn. Yeah, but. They've had in the three centuries since the Vulcans thought they were responsible that their technology was responsible for what caused it. Yeah, and they have become more and more and more aggressively. I don't want to say angry, but unsettled, unsettled by the events yeah. that have the burn, yeah. and it has led to them being, as you were going to say, isolationist. Yeah. Whereas the Romulans, who are a lot more practical people and have already lost their own planet, are like you know. Shit happens, dude. We've <laughs> reconnected with the Federation. Yeah. They helped us so much in the past. Yeah. We need that help. Yeah. <laughs> and it was It amazing. was neat to see the flip yeah. of their cultures. And the two of them trying to merge. Like, they yeah. really were still dead. Like, the Romulans were trying to restrain their emotions, and the Vulcans were trying to see things in a more practical light. Yeah. And it was a very interesting merger between the two. Yeah. It, it, was... it also explains what happens to Burnham's mom, which I was so afraid the entire fucking season was going to be tracking her down. But now she just shows up. Yeah, she was apparently landed on Vulcan in this era when they flung her back to the future somehow. Yeah. And uh, she has been working among the the, the ninja nuns yeah, of the Romulan culture. Yeah, honestly, one of the stupid ideas from Picard, but we're willing to accept well, it. Well, they made it better in season yeah. three of Discovery. Exactly. Like, they actually were an interesting idea in that one. It was dumb in Picard because they already had the Jad Vash, which was a predominantly female-run secret organization of martial arts killers. In had, the Tel Shiar. That had one dude connected to it, just yeah. like the, the nun ladies. Yeah. 
So yeah, they worked with the they worked with an idea that we didn't like in Picard and made it better in Dis- in Discovery. Yeah, a, a show that I don't like the first two seasons of Discovery. I even loved the opening with the Admiral yeah. when he realized when they realize they have to go to Vulcan to get information, and he's like, "I there's no way we can." And then he looks at Burnham and he's like, "Because they took an idea that actually was a bad one from the first two seasons of Discovery and made it a good one because yeah. we did not like the fact that Michael Burnham was." the long-lost adopted sister of Spock that had never been mentioned before. But in this case, it actually works because he needed an envoy that the Vulcans would accept. Spock and Sarek are two of their biggest historical characters, and this is the adopted daughter of Sarek and the adopted sister of Spock. They have to listen to her. They may not want to hear what she says, but they have to listen to her. Yeah, they'll at least let her in. Yeah, which was great. And it points to the actor, when the Admiral, when he realizes that. Oh, yeah, the Admiral in this... Okay, not to praise Discovery too much, but the Admiral in that season, in season three, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've done anything with him in season four, so I can't say... I hope not, because I I, I loved him just being a good guy. But in season three... He's he's amazing. He's like honestly one of the best admirals we've seen in any of the shows. Yeah, no, spo- minor spoilers for a non-twist. We were expecting the whole damn time that he would eventually be revealed as a bad guy because they kept doing little things with him that made like, you wonder. Question it. Questionable. But then you, when you actually reevaluate in your head, you're like, no, he's just doing the smart thing. Yeah, he's just being practical because they're in a practical des- and cautious and cautious because they're in a desperate situation. This is not the Federation at its peak. No, it's this is a Federation holding on by its nails. Yeah, at this, this, point. this is a Federation that's been dealt a huge blow, mm-hmm. and they're trying to dig their way out of it. So I like, and he just ended up being a nice, a good guy, and yeah. a genuinely decent admiral. It was great. They also like <laughs> the final episode sucks overall. Yeah, and the first episode's a little rough, too rough and tumble for my yeah. taste. But the f- parts with the admiral and the bad guy of that season mm-hmm. in the final episode in the final episode is amazing. I yeah. want to I want to give a shout out to that, even though the episode itself sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the 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 actual. Uh, the great line, I'm gonna. I wonder how it's gonna make a bigger splat when I drop you. You are that fat cat. And then, uh, what's his face? Booker. <laughs> yeah. Throwing the guy out and says, She is a queen. I'm like, Fuck yeah, she is. <laughs> the best character. Yeah, <laughs> Star a... Trek Discovery is a fucking fat cat. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> I love her. He always refers to her as a queen. She is and a I queen. And I guarantee you, his power is being able to speak to animals, his alien power, and yeah. I guarantee you that's how she refers to herself in her head. That's like, why he calls that she's like oh hi servant your <laughs> queen is here <laughs> anyways okay she is a queen long may she reign but even if you <laughs> hate that season you gotta admit that episode is yeah great the overall show actually like it got it started off a little rough yeah. got really good like each episode got better it peaked with unification part three yeah. then it dropped a little bit and then the last episode was almost on par with the first episode but where the first episode was just kind of like Eh, through all of it, yeah. this the final episode was a roller coaster of good and bad. It was like the first season, uh, no, the second season of TNG. All but all over in one again. episode. All in one episode. So, uh, or, or uh, Enterprise, second yeah. season of Enterprise. So, uh, that's another one. Any more shout-outs you want to throw? Or I mean, I did like the second season of Lower Decks, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And I thought the last episode, the season finale, was amazing. And I just wanted to 
give it praise where praise is due. And we should also mention again, because we mentioned it in the previous one, but this one that we've watched about halfway through season one of Prodigy. It's amazing. So it's far. really good, especially really, really for really a kid's show. Like, even without the caveat of it's a kid's show, it's been really good. But yeah. for a kid's show, I was not expecting this one to be the one I liked the best. Yeah, with the exception of like a few jokes here and there, yeah, you wouldn't there even burping, know. There are burp and fart jokes because it's a kid's show, yeah. but they're sparingly used, thank they're God. They're so sparingly used. And that very little, none, no gross out humor beyond fart if you yeah. get grossed out by that. Yeah, I, like, if you told, if you took those out, I wouldn't even know it was a kid's show. Yeah. So, because it's been solid so far. Yeah, it's, it's for me, it's kind of on the level of quality of, like, uh, the the Justice League Unlimited TV series I grew up with, or um, yeah. maybe Batman Beyond. Like, it's it's not quite Avatar The Last Airbender or Batman The Animated Series level of amazing writing just yet, but it's yeah. somewhere around there. I would say it's, it's also been very close to if you like the star wars clone wars series you'll probably like this you'll one. feel the star wars yeah. influence but okay so that's your shout outs for the new trek any yeah. more honorable mentions for older trek to throw out oh my gosh i mean i could be here for days <laughs> i know what i'm just saying it's your list when you want to stop is up to you okay um, uh what we should probably throw in at least a few references to the movies you like because we never did an episode about the movies and they're all and some well, of them are really yeah. worth your time so yeah, we might as well throw some of them in there specifically for shows that's why i didn't do any of the i know movies. i'm just saying while well, um, we have our honorable mentions <laughs> I love my whale. I love my whales. <laughs> Star Trek Four, where yes. we have to save the whales. I love saving the whales. It's, That's great. It's, it's a. It's just a really fun movie. Yeah, it's not. not uh, the only thing about it that's stupid is the the time travel back with the weird ghost heads. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> I mean, it's, time travel's already fucked up in. The entire movie anyways it makes no sense that they could just do that in a fucking klingon vessel just well, uh, well, go around the sun and well that is referenced in the original series I there know. is an episode where they do that with the enterprise and they end up back in the 1960s but yeah. when they did that there weren't a bunch of ghost head shots so i don't know why they threw that in i don't know but yeah uh, i love that one i of course love two two is a fucking masterpiece wrath of khan um the first one isn't. I, I I'm torn on the first movie because it's really it really is boring, mm. but it does get really good at the end, and it does have one of my favorite cinematic shots mm -hmm. when um when the Enterprise is going through V'ger. Yeah, I think we mentioned this in one of our other podcasts, but just yeah. for the point, I love that it's a two part shot. That yeah. at the opening when. The Enterprise is leaving, which takes yeah. way too long. But yeah. there's a shot with a little guy on screen yeah. who's clearly really close to the camera comparatively yeah. is unbelievably tiny compared to the Enterprise, yeah. which is in the background. Yeah. And then later there's a shot where we're close on vo on, on the Enterprise once it enters V'ger, and then we pull back, and Enterprise is this tiny the little Tiniest dot, model. And you're barely seeing the edges of V'ger's in you're interior. You're not even seeing that. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's just monstrous, and I love that shot. It's mm. gorgeous. It's meant to show just how outclassed the Enterprise is. Yes. They aren't going to be able to win this one with a firing a bunch of weapons. Yeah. It's not going to work. Search for Spock is okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't love it, but it's okay. Uh, five is just so bad it's good. Okay. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and now the most recent one we've rewatched, because we rewatched this a, a couple of months ago, for just because for shits and giggles, yeah, we watched Six. Six, yeah. The five... Oh, Undiscovered Country. Yeah, the Undiscovered Country. Jesus Christ. I'm like, oof, today. 
Um, but yeah, the Undiscovered Country, which is, I, I it goes back and forth as to whether or not that one's my favorite one between that and two, because there are a couple scenes in six that are goofy and not necessary for this overall pretty serious movie, mm-hmm. but I still absolutely love it. So, um, I have a harder time with the Next Generation movies because I think. Okay, out of well, all... Well, I was only going to ask you to, to pick your favorites. I didn't need you to run... I wasn't asking you to run through all of them. Oh, well, I'm still mm. doing that anyways. Okay, I just wanted so, to clarify. This was not meant to make you on the okay. spot to review Generations all Generations is okay. There, that's my, my final analysis. <laughs> uh, First Contact is one of the few movies I've actually seen for Star Trek as a kid because my dad watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than Wrath of Khan, which I didn't even know it was called Star Trek. <laughs> I thought that just tells you something. I didn't even know it was Star Trek. Here's the funny of... thing, though. you also Because of the order we watched these in, you didn't get the Doctor or the Neelix cameos. No! When we, so we next time we watch them, they're going to be it's a whole other level of nostalgia you're going to get from it. We're like, oh, those two! I'm like, I don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah. <laughs> but They have a whole cameo specifically for the Doctor when Crusher activates her emergency yeah, yeah. hologram. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it just, it's kind of like how you show me... Uh, of Gods and Men. Of Gods and Men, which I, I liked it, but I didn't understand the references. Mm-hmm. Um, and, okay... Insurrection and Nemesis are the worst movies I've ever seen. So let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. Um, season four. Well, you didn't do the Calvin movies. Oh, you want me to do the Calvin movies? Well, now? just the okay, third first one, one is worth commenting The first on. one is okay. And mm. Just like. Generations and all that. There, it's okay. I would say Generations is a little better, but I also admit I have nostalgia for that. I think that 2009 is better than Generations. Okay, but going down some serious. You're about to get a boatload of emails from the three people that listen to this in the next 50 years. What is my email address, Eric? You don't know it. (laughs) It's no, I'm not going to say. You don't know it, anyways. I do. Well, it doesn't exist. I don't have. I don't have an online presence. Well, here's her text number. It's, it's... <laughs> if you send my phone number anywhere, I will murder you. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, Into Darkness is about on the same level as like Nemesis and Interaction. It's mm-hmm. so bad. Mm-hmm. It's so boring, and in, in, in when it's not boring, it's infuriating. Um, and then Beyond is amazing. Yeah. I just love that movie. That so was what much. I was trying to get you to. I yeah, thought you just went through your top five and then... I, honestly, I forget about the Calvin timeline so much. It's and that's so one bad. you actually saw without me. Yes, that's The first that, two you watched without me. I watched those in theaters with Adriana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how long ago that was. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... All right, you were going to continue your your honorable mentions list. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to. I just wanted to give some love to Star Trek Beyond because it needs it. Yeah, Beyond is amazing. Um, well, I was going to comment that I like a lot of the stories in season four of Enterprise. Okay. Uh, I like how the story structures that they did in it. The last episode didn't happen. <laughs> Any particular one you like from those? I gotta say the one before the episode that didn't happen. The, uh, the Terra... T- Terra Nova? Terra Prime. Terra Prime, yeah. The Terra Prime two Terra Nova. <laughs> yeah, the Terra Prime... Terra Nova's a good show. I know you've never seen it, but it's a good uh, show. Yeah, no. Yeah. Go ahead. But uh, the Terra Terra Prime one is amazing. Like, it just... 
the acting on it is just a wow. I can't even describe it. It's just so good. Uh, I like. What other one do I like? I like a. Sorry. No, take your time. I do like the the one like I know how you, I know you mentioned it a little bit, but I do like what they did with the Romulans and Vulcans in season four a little bit. Uh, I think that was the Babel three parter. Yeah, it was a three parter. And, and then I, it was Journey to Babel, and then there was a second one, and the third one's called The Ain't Honor. Yeah, I, I like that overall. I mean, there was a few moments in it that I'm like, but mm-hmm. overall I like it. I don't think they needed to bring in, um, what was it, T'Pau? T'Pring? I think it was T'Pring. T'Pring, yeah. T'Pring, maybe. Uh, you, you know, you, anybody Spock's listening Spock's grandmother, ones. basically. No. That's his grandmother. That was his grandmother? That's yeah. Sarek's mom. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't. I never knew that. <laughs> She's uh, the woman who oversees his uh, yeah. his I'm gonna fight or I'm gonna fuck thing in a mock time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> S- Spock's ancestor is also in First Contact. <laughs> okay. He's the one that shakes. Yeah, we we were discussing earlier <laughs> that Star Trek unfortunately has this idea that that <laughs> unintentionally unintentional genetic that thing. the important that that all the important special people are always genetically related to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. It, it's it, for a show that's actually actively against things like fascism. It tends to do that a of lot. Of course, my favorite episode of all, Threshold, <laughs> Emmy Award episode, Threshold. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, it is. It does star, apparently, according to Prodigy, one of the most decorated captains in Star Trek history. <laughs> Who is very adamant that you follow the Prime Directive. <laughs> <laughs> we liked Prodigy, I, and I even liked Captain Janeway's hologram in that, but yeah. I do have to admit, they, they're doing a lot of retconning with her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think they did a better job with it, kind of, in Lower Decks, where he's like, is is he still is Tom Paris still a salamander? <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was a God. Like I said, I could go on forever, but we're probably tired of this bullshit. <laughs> I'm not tired of anything. But if you are run, are, are running, I'm out. kind of uh, hungry now. <laughs> okay. Well, any last ones you want to comment about? Any last-minute shout-outs? Any last-minute commentaries? Any last-minute thoughts on Star Trek? This is the end of the podcast we're doing with this, so if you're yeah. going to say anything, now is the time. Um, well, I can't really think of anything. There weren't any other Voyager episodes that I would have... I mean, I'm not saying that there weren't other good episodes, but nothing that really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, TNG, of course, I guess I liked a lot better than I remember liking. <laughs> well, to be fair, two of your picks from TNG were not stereotypical picks. Loud as a Whisper and Data's Day don't usually make top 20 lists. I don't know why Data's Day doesn't make more 20, top 20 lists. It's a good episode. Um, what about the... I, I, I could say like the one where Data... Like the one chick wants to start dating Data, but like doesn't realize that it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that episode as an exploration. I mean, I can't remember the name of it right now. Actually, I can't either. You yeah. finally picked one that I don't remember. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I remember the episode. You. I don't remember the title. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of it either, but it, it was a really good episode for me. 
Sure. Okay. I think I'm done, yeah. Any last thoughts about Star Trek in general since you did not grow up with it? Someone who is fairly new. I mean, you apparently you saw Wrath of Khan. You didn't remember it. You didn't see You saw First Contact. But and I you barely remembered barely it. Barely remembered it. And you had watched the Kel first two Kelvin movies without me. And you had no other connection to Star Trek beyond that. Yeah. Any other commentaries you want to make about Star Trek in general, its place in pop culture, or just what effect it had on you when you finally get sat down and watched it? Yeah, I didn't realize how popular it was. I didn't even think about it. Like, I didn't even know my parents liked Star Trek until I started watching Star Trek. Like, I started watching it, and then I came home one day, and they were watching Star Trek. And I was like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we're watching Star Trek. And I'm like... I didn't know you liked it. And they're like, yeah, we grew up with it. They were watching the original series at the time. Um, and I, they grew up with it. And I'm like, you didn't tell me this. I always just thought you just liked Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, that I remember watching a lot of. But, um, ooh, I remembered another one. The second Mud episode. Uh, the one with him on the planet? I yeah, with the, yeah, the I Mud one. That one's amazing. Okay. <laughs> it's like funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i didn't even, like I, I just it's so strange to me to like I, I go online and i'm like oh i love this stuff like i remember you were asking me questions about characters like how do you think of this character i'm like oh they're fine or ah, i don't hate them and then you were like yeah this character is like extremely hated in the fandom i'm like she's talking about bashir um, <laughs> uh, i was talking about wesley wesley but Wesley and Bashir were both Wesley very and Bashir, apparently Although Bashir were... has grown on people a lot. Yeah, he has because he's poor Will very Wheaton. autistic. <laughs> poor Will Wheaton. Wesley has, has never really gotten the love by the fandom. They, they've grown to he's... not hate him anymore, but yeah. they don't really love him. It's it's the first season that damages him so much because he's not actually that bad. That in the uniform. Oh my god, that uniform is the worst uniform. One thing we will definitely say Prodigy did really well was they gave came up with new cadet uniforms yeah. and they were pretty I good. If I ended up in the Star Trek universe and they're like, here's your cadet uniform and it's the one that Wesley's wearing, I will burn mm. that uniform. <laughs> they will replicate you a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and I will burn it again. <laughs> Fucking delete that shit. That, get me a better outfit. It. This is, this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but in any event, so yeah. Uh, as for my feelings on Star Trek, if I may jump in. Yeah. Uh, it's been a part of my life for a very long time. TNG is what I grew up with. It's what I set aside afternoons and evenings with my parents to sit down and watch. Which, if you knew my parents, you know we argued all the time. That was one of the few hours of the day, of the week we did not argue. We just sat and watched Star Trek. And when TNG ended, we went on to Voyager. And. Um, TOS, I grew on more when I rewatched it with you. Yeah. DS9, my I loved when I rewatched with you. Yeah. Uh, Enterprise, I always had a kind of a love hate relationship with. I, I watched it when I was an adult. My parents liked it well enough. I liked it well enough. But yeah. I, I think season three and four, my affection has gone up, and my affection for season one and two has gone down over time. Yeah. Uh, still, overall, uh, one of the best concepts for a show ever. Yeah. I honestly don't know if it needs to keep going on and on and on. Like, like I, I praised a lot of Discovery in Season 3, but I don't have any clue what they do, they're doing in Season 4. Mm -hmm. And lower, liked Lower Decks well enough, but... But I go back and forth on it, and there's episodes that I actively di dislike. I think we're actively... I think the problem is that they've there are at least... What, six, counting the new one they announced, yeah. Star Trek shows out right now. There's Discovery, 
Picard, Picard uh, Lower Decks, Prodigy, uh, and now and apparently a New, new Worlds one. is coming out. Oh well, yeah, New Worlds is coming out. And then they're going to be a Starfleet Academy. So we're talking six shows. And when there were two Star Trek shows back to back, DS9 and Next Generation, and then DS9 mm-hmm. and Voyager, people were very divided. Yeah. And it's 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 a little much. It's too much. It's oversaturated already. And I'm like, it's oversaturated when the stuff that they were doing wasn't quite up to par yet. But like, the problem is it doesn't seem oversaturated compared to other things because you got like Marvel having seven television shows and a God knows how many movies Jesus. and Star Wars has at least four different television shows going on right yeah. now and movies and like it doesn't seem oversaturated by because all of these things that It's I overwhelming. Up, it's too much. All these things that I grew up loving are now being constantly churned out so you can never get a break from them. Yeah. But they're all doing it, which means that it doesn't feel like any one of them is expecting too much from you. Yeah, and it's just, my brain just doesn't work that way. I can't keep up with that. Mm-hmm. The fact that it took us until now to get to freaking Lower Decks. Yeah, we started this, uh, well, just this list of yeah. your favorite episodes. We started the show in August of 2020. Yeah. That was this episode. That was a year and a half ago to do 20 episodes. 21, yeah. technically. And that's that's a long time considering that these are episodes of show of uh, this is a, sh- a podcast about episodes you genuinely loved yeah. and would want to rewatch yeah. and that's just a lot to expect from new stuff and I, I'm not like f- I'm really loving Prodigy and Lower Decks isn't bad as I remember it being and it season is, three of Discovery like was better. yeah and season three of Discovery was really good yeah and so when Star Trek is good I'm happy but, but there's like, a lot of bad I gotta absorb in that yeah, process yeah because like. Okay, I'd rather they were focused on two, one, three at most at, at TV shows and just condensing down to the good stuff in them. Mm-hmm. But we don't own the companies and we don't own the rights to the show. No. And nothing is allowed to end anymore. They're making a, th- a sequel to the freaking movie Twins, for crying out loud. The, 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 the Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito were long lost twin brothers story. Like that from the what nineties, eighties, nineties that it movie was came out. The nineties. It was one of the better, better Schwarzenegger comedy films. I'll give it that. But much, I think but, it's just because Danny DeVito was in it. But this is a and and Schwarzenegger wasn't asked to do much. He was raised in a in a completely isolated environment, so he didn't have much of a character beyond "I want to find my brother." Yeah. Um, and they're making a third. They're making a sequel called Triplets, in which they apparently had a long lost third brother, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Eddie Murphy. Which is going to raise all sorts of questions. Oh, dear. Um, so, oh, yeah. No. I, I, so, nothing's allowed to end anymore. Anything that has any remote kind of connection to pop culture is going to go on and on and on and on until everybody hates it. And this is literally, Star Trek is going to be one of those things. Because it ha- does have, just by your list, some of the best episodes of television ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Some of the best movies Ever. And I could easily also fill this list with some of the worst. Yeah, but I'm just but. saying the, the quality number is significantly higher, higher good, yeah. and good overall compared to a lot of TV shows. Yes. And as a result, it's just, it's too impacted in pop culture for it to ever really go away now. And I, I don't want it to go away, but I also don't want too much of break. it. I need a break. Yeah, I need a break. And on that note, we will call it. Yeah. Uh, this has been a fun experience. I hope you enjoyed Star Trek. MTT, Megan's Top 20, and our discussions on it. And you figured out how my brain works a little bit. It just goes Mm -hmm. hop, 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 hop. And uh, we hope you guys will come back if we decide to do another podcast or we continue with Rockstarring or whatever we end up doing. In the meantime, stay safe out there, Mm -hmm. stay warm, stay clear, and watch some good Star Trek because there's a lot to pick from. Yeah. Bye. (laughs)